0: Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together.
1: And I want to welcome everybody to The Culture Classroom. Today is um, January 5th, and we're going to be meeting with the head football coach at Jackson Academy, Aubrey Blackwell. And this is season 10 episode three. Aubrey, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you and I have connected uh, from doing a playing in the same league and then doing a futures game, which was really cool. And uh, just thank you for your time and joining us on the culture classroom today.
0: Yeah, I'm really honored to be here, uh, coach, and, and uh, excited to get to share a little bit about um, the experience that I've had and, and uh, some of the things that, that we've done, just had success. And uh, I've been blessed to work with some really good people and with some really good people and um, the good Lord's given me a lot of talent and a lot of things that that this job's made for. I, I tell people all the time, I was born for this. And uh, through the good, the bad, the ugly, um, yeah, this is this is what I do, and I love how to do
1: it. <laughs> right. Well, um, we break this thing up into three segments to to help our coaches out and and to help our viewers and listeners out. But when we go into segment one, um, I want to go into your backstory. You're not from Mississippi. Uh, I want you to go into your story of why you started getting a coach like what made you become a coach uh, because when I was in high school and I told my parents I want to be a coach like you're never going to make any money and uh, it's way more than that uh, I think it goes with impact and legacy and stuff that you're going to touch on so go back in your way back time machine and tell us why you became a coach well
0: it the biggest thing is um, is the men that impacted my life. And um, it kind of all started my, my senior year in high school playing football. Um, we were on a, a state championship run and um, I got hurt and tore my rotator cuff and I played quarterback for Robert E. Lee out of Montgomery and um, was in a, just a unbelievable program for coach Jimmy Perry. Um, he had just got through taking over for Spence McCracken who's a legend in Alabama and, um, and, So I got moved to the box uh, when I tore it up and and I couldn't play anymore. Um, Coach Perry, because I'd been in that offense for so long, um, asked me to go to the box and help. And um, I fell in love with X and O's. I fell in love with being in that view um, and uh, knew that that was gonna be a part of what I wanted to do. I worked my rear end off to get myself back and uh, get an opportunity to play college baseball and ended up playing for four different men in four years. Um, Ronnie Baines, who, uh, coach Baines ran the, actually the NFL officials for 15 years in the NFL. Um, but he was our baseball coach in, in junior college. Um, then I worked, uh, my second year in college baseball, I played for a guy named Ron Ingram and Don Ingram was a guy that, um, was a retired military man. He worked in Paris Island for 14 years as a drill instructor and, um, coach Ingram taught me about true discipline, mm-hmm. um, Baseball, wasn't one, a one very detailed <laughs> baseball guy, but Coach Ingram taught us uh, what it really meant to be um, disciplined and, and be a perfectionist. And uh, I'll never forget, we were we're number three in the country in the NJCAA at Central Alabama. Um, we finished third the year before my freshman year under Coach Baines. We were fourteen and zero, um, and like I said, number three in the country. And we go in a midweek game at Gadsden State and get beat four to three on a walk off home run in the ninth inning. And uh, we got back, and, and Coach Ingram also drove our bus. And he parked the bus beside the baseball field, which he never does. He said, boys, get out. Um, well, I'll see you all on the, on the track in one minute. We're all looking around like, wait a minute. We're number three team in the country. We just lost on a walk-off four to three to a good Gadsden State baseball team. And uh, we all get to the track. It's 10 o'clock at night back at LA City. And he said, boys, this is what it takes to be perfect and we're going to be perfect, so let's start running. We did. We ran for an hour for all of our mistakes that we made in a game that we lost by one run, but he taught me that. In my third year, I played for Bob Reisner. Bob Reisner was a baseball guy that pitched in the Yankees organization. Um, he was a Northeastern guy and, and really tough, gritty, mean. Man, he was mean. Didn't really have a lot of, didn't do a lot of personal. There wasn't any um hey Aubrey how you doing today it was nothing like that coach Regional was a true old school if I could beat you with a bat when you messed up I'd do it right. and um he taught I learned a lot of things that year about what not to do in, in today's world and hmm. and then my final year um, my senior year, I got the, the opportunity to play for Greg Goff and Greg Goff is now the head baseball coach at Purdue and um you know coach Goff taught me about he was the first person that showed me what true love and culture and mm. pushing can really do fell in love with I, I, I was going to school to be a PT and I'd done all my hours that's what my degree is in and that's really what I thought I wanted to do until I played for Greg Goff wow. and Greg Goff showed me that my faith can be used on a daily basis um, my my energy and passion for people can be used on a daily basis he showed me what how to overcome. He, he taught us, he put us in situations in practice that he said, look, I'm going to do this to you today because one day when you've got three kids like I do and you got to get up off the couch, I got to teach you how to do that. Um, he, he brought life into playing baseball and um, that's why I stayed and worked for him. I, I, I did that and, and stayed on as college baseball coach and um, was a GA form. And then I loved this guy so much. I, my third year, I was a volunteer. I got done my master's degree. I'd gotten every degree that Montevallo had to offer for a coach. Um, and I stayed on and cut grass during the day and coached baseball in the evening just to get this opportunity wow. to work for this guy, continue to learn from him. And, um, and then uh, we went to Campbell University in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, loved it. And then my son was born. And I came into a crossroads. Uh, I came to a crossroads where – I had to make a decision of what really kind of father I can be. And there are good fathers everywhere in college athletics. I'm not saying that, but there was a, there was a part of being a father that I wanted to be to my son. Mm -hmm. And um, after missing his first steps and his first walk and his first voice and everything else, I decided, you know what? I need to be home a little bit more. I called my mentor, my head football coach, Jimmy Perry. He was at St. Paul's Episcopal in Mobile. And uh, this is God being God. And, and, um, He said, Aubrey, a matter of fact, I had a coach resign yesterday and took a college job. Give me an hour. And he did. Calls me back in an hour with the headmaster on the line on speakerphone. Says, Aubrey, we'd like to offer you a job at St. Paul's. You'll come in and do our pitching for the baseball team, and we want you to be an assistant coach. You'll do some PE classes and everything else. And and, uh, doubled my pay. So my wife was happy about that. We moved back closer to home, which was another plus. Um, and, you know, so my mother got to be in, involved in in Will's life and my son, and and from there, I just fell back in love with the sport that really gave me so much in football, and, um, you know, I, everything on the men that I played for, that I worked for, everybody was their own different. Everybody had a completely different style, and a lot of guys would say, you know, that that's terrible. You You, you didn't get any rhythm. You didn't have a you know, any consistency in college. And I I completely disagree. I I played for men that all did it a different way. And every bit of each one of them are in what I do on a daily basis. And uh, from how we lift to how we do our off season to everything else. And so uh, I was blessed. um, Didn't know it at the time, but I was. And now the career that God chose for me um, and to do what we do and and moving forward with it. But that's me, man. And I, I Love what I love high school football. I love high school athletics and, um, you know, glad to be in it. Yeah. So I want to go back to where you came from at Montgomery Catholic.
1: Mm-hmm. You shared some stuff with me um, about how a game ended and all that stuff. And I think you and I are a lot alike just from the conversations we had, but success in your program. And that's mm-hmm. going to get into why you coach. And those two questions can be blended together. But in your program at Montgomery Catholic and other stops. So now back at St. Paul's when you first get started, and now at JA, for our listeners and our viewers, what does success look like in your program? Because at the end of the day, we, we can say we want people want to win on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. But there's an extra layer of what does success look like? And I know you have some stuff maybe you want to share with us as well, but what does that look like inside of an Aubrey Blackwell team?
0: Well, I think um, the first thing we build um, our program on is trust and love. I, I think that is, that is the foundation of the concrete, um, what everybody has to buy into, um, including admin. and includes your relationships with your faculty members, your parents, your boosters, um, trust and love. And, and like Greg Goff, you should always say, as a player and as a coach, was loyalty. Um, and I think all those three things really kind of go together. Um, at Montgomery Catholic, I, the very first time that I knew that what we were doing was building something the right way was in our third year. Um, we're, we're getting ready to play um, our rival, Trinity. And that those that gear was our turning point. Like we had to get it done. We went four and six my first year um, and, and juiced a lot of energy and just showing the guys, hey, the, 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 that first year that we can play football and be really physical. We can be mean, we can be tough. And at the same time, y'all, that we can make a difference in the world around us. Cause that's, that's the one thing I think I end every single day with, um, when, when we in practice and with a devotional and prayer, um, I always remind them, Hey, remember your biggest part of being a part of this world is to make a difference. Don't just be a guy that's floating through it and make a difference. Um, but we're in that third game. We're playing Trinity Presbyterian, and um, you know we hadn't, we have not beaten that school in years. It was 25, 26 years, and it was our rival. And when we go to run out on the field for warmups, there were 26 seniors from the previous two years, and we don't, we only had 31. So 26 of the 31 guys were lining outside of our locker room to high-five our guys and to stand on the sideline and to be a part of that game on that Friday night. All of them were off. A couple of them were out in the military. We had guys that had entered the workforce. We had guys that were, most of them were in college uh, working on their degree. Um, we only had uh, three guys at that point that were actually playing college football from Catholic. And all of them came back for that game because they understood the importance of what was needed on the sideline with the energy and the passion and, and the togetherness of being a knight. Mm. That was the first time that we I really understood, as, hey, this is working. What we're doing is is something that's lasting. So going back to that that question, my biggest, my biggest measuring stick is are the guys coming back? Am I getting phone calls and text messages as a coach? Like, hey coach, what do you think about this? Like. I recently, last week, I was working with Greg Ellis. Greg Ellis graduated uh, from Montgomery Catholic in 2018, and he went on to play JUCO football for two years in Georgia, and finished at Huntington College in Montgomery, and um, Greg needed me uh, to make a phone call to somebody in Birmingham that he needed, a, he really wanted this job as a coach. I think if you'll call the boss and just, he hears that, you know, what I did um, as a football player, I think it really helped me get this job, and it did, and um, Talked to another player um, two weeks ago over Christmas break, and he's getting ready to propose to his wife. That coach, man, what would I really do? Like, what should I really say to this? And um, success. I want to in my- up right there, real quick, because
1: if you're watching this and listening to this, and you hit that, that is what you want to be remembered as as a coach. Like, you can't take the championships with you. You yeah. can't the conference championships. The, but the the lasting impressions in that that trademark that you have of like, hey, coach cared more about me as the person in the uniform than the number that was on the back. And I, yeah. I just want our coaches that are listening to this, like, look, championships are great. They're really cool. Only one person wins them at the end of the year. So what are you doing? And Aubrey, wow. Just having a guy come back and ask you, like, call you and say, what do, oh, I, yeah. say, what do I say about getting married? I don't know, proposing. How do I do this? I mean, that's, you talk about being a father figure. We're We're in this for life. You know, mm-hmm. Nick Winkler has a thing called four for 40. We have them four years for the next 40. Yep. I mean, that's what
0: that's what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah. These four years you have with these high school guys is impacting the next 40. So
0: and you awesome. have to, you know, and, I, and the reason why that is so important is because football is only going to last so long and, and there's going to be highs and lows. And every kid that puts on a helmet, especially when he's seven or eight years old, he's he's the running back in his backyard and he's the quarterback making the touchdown pass and, you know he's he is he is a champion in his own right because his name's in the paper, but that's not reality. His reality is going to be, you know, he's going to play offensive line and he's going to put his his knuckles in the dirt every single game and he's going to work harder than anybody else on, on your roster. And um, when the whole time he was just dreaming of being the quarterback or scoring the touchdown, um, so you so you you've got, in order to build men, it, it your program's got to look different. It's got to yeah. look different and it's got it's got to last. Um, and the reason why that's so important in having those relationships, having those guys call back is my biggest. One of our biggest beliefs is that if you really want to get to where you want to go, you want you ask a kid to give you this amount of effort. He's got to know that you love him more than anything else. You want guys to play hard that play for four quarters that are going to find a way to play when they're cramping or going to, Hey, I'm going to tape up tonight, coach. I'm going to tape up tonight. This ankle doesn't feel good, but I'm going to tape up tonight because I know that you would give me, um, you would do the same thing if you were my teammate. Um, It's important to know that you're, that you're in the trenches with them. You can't be in the trenches with them, talking down to them. You've got to get in the trenches with them. We say that all the time as coaches, but what does that really look like? That looks like on a, on a Thursday night, you've got a kid that's mom's working two jobs and you got to go in there and you got to go pick him up you got to go help him with his homework you got to zoom with him to, to read a paper um you, you want that kid to to get six yards on a carry instead of four love him harder you want you want a quarterback that that's going to spend that extra hour of time that you want ask him about how his, how his girlfriend's doing or how did his hunt go you know and or you know hey what what do you really dream about man like what what are some things you really dream about and you know i i'm going to try to show some things through that how we what that really looks like because we we can talk about that all the time and you hear people say these things but what does it actually do like what do you actually have to do to try to induce this type of culture this type of love into your program um you know and there's several aspects of what we do on on a yearly basis that's a 365-day program uh, with us, and you know it's it's it, it goes through phases and it builds. Like right now, I'm in the we're still in the foundation processes at JA. We haven't I haven't been here a full year yet. We've we arrived the first week of June, and so we missed the, in my opinion, the most critical part of our culture building process at JA, which is in my off season, because um, our off season we you know first off you, we divide up into teams. Um, We have captains and and we hold each other accountable for everything that happens in the spring, from your weight room attendance to your grades, to your discipline, um, to the things that you do in the community or for your school that are extra as in community service work. Um, So like, you know, when you compete, for instance, on our teams, you get points every week uh, for your attendance. You get points for if your team chooses to sign up for to clean up the, the football field after a soccer game. If your team signs up for cleaning the gym and picking up the trash or sweeping it, your team gets points for those kind of things. And the points and stuff is for competition because as men we all love it. That's just what we want to do. We want to compete and we want to encourage that. But at the same time, those men going in there and cleaning up a gym when they didn't have to uh, to take the pressure off of the maid or the person that actually has to come in there and do that at 10:30, 11 o'clock at night, or four or five o'clock in the morning, like it is here at JA. Um, it goes an extra distance in creating the pride. Not only you're getting your players to take pride in their facilities, but you're also in, in inducing a relationship between the guys and the administration and everybody that wears Navy and gray here at J.A. is going to be loved by my football team is going to be appreciated. And we do it by those things like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, so, I go back and I think about, there was a tweet that
1: went out yesterday. Uh, somebody put out about what does this carry over to athletic playing? And, and, and look, there was a thread about it and stuff. And one guy said, it's not all about rainbows and unicorns. Well, that's not what we're saying. And I think mm-hmm. when people stay like, oh, love on them, like it's not rainbows and unicorns, that is far from it. When you start talking about accountability, you talk about ownership, like you got to show them what that all looks like. So, are you going to love a kid? Yes. Is there things called tough love? Absolutely. You know, as we use as high truth, high love. Yes, I love you enough to tell you the truth. If you're doing this right or this wrong, like I'm going to tell you,
0: because I love you. So I'm. I, I that's all. That there. a lot, lot of people think like
1: it. rainbows, unicorns, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot and a lot of people that say things like that, they have a hard time doing it. And, and it and look, I'd be willing to have a conversation with those guys because there's something within them that they need some work on as as men as well. Because Christ didn't. He didn't create us um, to just be disciplinarians. I mean, it, Christ's discipline is pretty firm and pretty and, and pretty solid <laughs> too. But so <laughs> is the depth of His love. So you know, you you know, the, the godly man is, is. And I can go on. That's a whole another podcast about the the dumbing down of a godly man and the toughness of a godly man. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're called as as coaches to be those guys. To be, you've got to be able to be tough. You got to hold them accountable, but you got to love them even harder. Um, right. You know, because it, you talk about the distance of the family and and how families are not as tight as they used to be, and divorce rates are 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 going higher than they 've ever been well that 's because there 's a direct disconnect between me caring for other people more than me caring for myself and right. you know that that 's not what our that 's not what our foundation of faith or as us as people were built on um but you know so going back to our program you know the biggest the other biggest part that we didn 't get to was you know we needed um what we call, what I call Raider Talk. Raider Talk is once a week, we go through a program, um, and I change them every year because I need it to. Uh, and whatever devotional book I'm working on, whatever that is. Last year at, at Benjamin Russell in our offseason, I worked through um, uh, Philip Lutzenkirkins book. You know, his his dad Mike uh, developed a devotional program and a plan where he took all the men and the coaches and uh, the the leaders, the guys at Auburn and that made an imp- impact on Philip's life wrote a, a one day or really it was really it takes a week to really get through all of it, um, a devotional book. And in that in that process, it's there's leadership building, there's character building, there's family building, there's father building. Um, and so we take one of those every week and when we talk about it. So as a whole, I'll get up and I'll teach maybe 15, 20 minutes out of that. The guys were responsible for reading that through the week. Um, that that's their homework for football. They had a whole week to do it. You know, I want you to read it. I want you to think about it. Read the Bible verses that are attached to it. Do the, the exercises that it ask you to do because they only take maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, to get through. That way, when we come through, we can have real talk about it. So we'll get in. So the first 15, 20 minutes, I'll teach, and then we break up. And when we break up, I'll let each one of my assistants, they'll have seven or eight guys. Um, and that, that way, we will talk about what the devotional is, but it also leaves room for, you know what, the, take, for instance, one example last year in one of our groups. We had a kid that said, you know what, guys, um, our power got cut off a week ago, and we don't have power in our house. And you know, I, I'm thinking about quitting football because my mama really needs me to have money. We had no idea. No, he didn't. This kid was so strong and, and so firm that he was embarrassed to even ask anybody and nobody knew. Uh, and so, it, that, that one opportunity, you know, by us knowing that, we were able to surround him and love on him and do that. Another one, a kid said, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm really, really struggling with how in the world can I really follow the faith that my youth minister wants us to follow and have my girlfriend and have the needs that she wants. And so you get going into things that kids really need to talk about and they don't get any instances to do that. You can't do it on social media. You can't really, unless you have a, a church home or something, you, you miss that. And so those things were really able to get through some stuff. Um, we had guys one year that had, they had a lot of problems with each other and it, it as they usually do, it centered around a woman. Um, But they needed to sit down across from each other and say, hey, man, the way you handled this situation like this was wrong. And the other guy said, well, hey, man, the reason you handled the situation like this was wrong. And so it gave guys a chance to talk. And so that's a big part of you building a bond, um, you building relationships and, and us as men really give them an opportunity. Yeah. to grow as people. And um, here at JA, we'll start those next week. Next Friday will be our first Raider talk. And I'm, uh, man, I'm really looking forward to it and and still praying through which one I've got three devotionals, three plans that I'm looking at right now. And, and I'm um, still trying to pray through which one I'm really going to use. But I'm excited about that, those things matter. Those things make an extra difference of this. Like we talked about earlier, earlier, you want that guy to chase down. Um, yes chase him down. You want him to go make the cross field tackle and right. just d- go the little extra distances uh, to make that happen to make a difference in it. That's right. Well, I know you have
1: a PowerPoint and you have something that you want to share with us. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's in the, the podcast notes where you can access the video to watch this, but I'm going to turn my screen over to you okay. and you can go through your PowerPoint, uh, I think it's going to be very beneficial for for our coaches to to dive in to what it looks like inside of your program and stuff that you teach your guys.
0: This is my, when I start with my staff, this is how I start with them, okay? And so this is what, when we're talking about building our culture and building our brand, this is how we begin that process. Um, and, and through this, you'll be able to see what the ideas that we have and what, what's important to us and how we build the culture of the room and the foundations of, of what happened, because this isn't about me. This is simply about how this works with, um, with, with our entire program. Um, but you look at it and it says, you know, this is, what is our perception? Where are we coming from and where do we need to go? Because you cannot go anywhere until you know where you are. Um, and, and when I say this, what is our brand? Meaning our brand is what do people think about us? What our kids think about us What our parents think about us? And what does our league think about us? Um, you know, what do they know? What do they say about our program? What is our appearance? Um, Are our facilities what they need to be? Um, How do we change our perception? What is our identity? And who is, at that point, BR football? Or who are we at JA? What does that mean, going to the next one, Coach? Um, So this, what do we believe in? I ask all my guys this. This is so important um, because you can't lead young men if you don't know who you are first. It's so important for you to understand what you're firm in and what you're strong in. And, as, and if I have head coaches on here, if you're watching and you're a head coach, man, that is a part of your responsibility to help grow your assistant coaches uh, into the men that they need to be. Um, and, you know, so this is the first thing. Ask them, what do you believe in? Uh, that's not just the philosophy of football. That is, man, what do I believe in? Why do I put my feet on the ground in the morning? Why do I work with high school kids on a daily basis? Uh, why do I put in the extra time to do it if it's about money and winning man, head coaches you got to work on those guys heart Um, and there's a lot of that new guys especially a lot of young guys I've interviewed coming out of college um, that that want to be a coach the first couple things is well what title would I have or how much money will I make or you know how many classes do I have to teach look when you're a young guy, I feel like everybody should have to be a GA at some point somewhere because there's nothing worse than trying to go through grad school and college and being a graduate assistant coach at the college level. Um, and, and so, you know, it's important for those things. Um, knowing what your what your motivation is. You know, we'll, we ask that, you know, we try to say that a lot as a staff. We walk out of the staff room before practice is what's your mo? what's your motivation, what are you doing this for? Me, it's really simple. Brandy, Will, and Kayla. Brandy, Will and Kayla, my family, because I want my 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 wife to be have a husband that she's proud of that works hard for and I hope that she understands how much I love her, that my son and my daughter know that what the foundations of what they're being taught and what hard work looks like and that every day that I live my life to make a difference for somebody else. I'm not living it to make money for us. I'm, I live my life and I go to work every day to be a difference maker in my community. And that's what I want my kids to know. That's, that's my motivation, to have something that lasts, to, to, to leave an impression on somebody that give them a chance to have a better life than I had. Um, and then what is your brand? Uh, every coach has to have it. You, you, you as yourself, your brand looks like, uh, what are you known for? Um, and within your brand is your energy level. It is your knowledge. It is who you are on the whiteboard. It is who you are uh, in clinics, in your network. Um, yeah. that very, very important. So you, your brand is that and you, and you have that. And that is what makes you marketable yeah. to be one day a coordinator or to be one day to be a head coach uh, and to move that forward. Uh, your brand is—is is what do people think about you? Going back to what we just saw about what our program, my biggest question of that, really important for you, um, and then what makes you better? That's the—that's thats, the, that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. I challenge my guy, like we ta- we challenge our football players every day to outwork their opponent. Well, what are you doing as a coach to outwork your opponent? So, and this is how I went through, and this is this is real life. This this is this is right through it. Um, so my first. So I didn't meet with my staff until month three. We had a lot of interchange over in this year. And so I really went down and went through and said, you know, this is exactly what I evaluated on where we are. Um, and as you can kind of see through these things, there were a lot of things unkept. And if we're going to create a cult, it's hard to create a culture in the locker room for guys making, because we our guys have to have their locker a certain way. There is a detail that I want every locker in. Um, every week, a different position group has a cleaning schedule. Uh, and so there are standards within that that are expected to be kept, um, and, you know, that, that's so important. You know, I, raising a 13-year-old boy right now that I am want to headbutt him every day because he can't, he doesn't make up his bed and his clothes are unorganized, and, um, you know, it, it, I'm trying to give him the foundations of organization, and and because um, it's so important, we do that here. You know, I'm, I'm not going to rely on the discipline that, He's mm-hmm. getting elsewhere. He's got to get it within my program if I want him to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that is. And it started with our coach. You can see down there, I told the, I said that the coach said, hey, y'all, the offices and the lockers are disgusting. Our coach's office, coach of locker room is unacceptable because our locker room for our players isn't going to look like this. So as coaches, we can't look like this either. Um, and then the bottom line is there's a lack of pride and standards here. It's not just in our players, it's starting with us. So big point and key there. Go ahead and go to the next one, Coach. Um, all right, so... Here's the presence, and, you know, there was no presence of a vision. And it kind of goes into the foundations of what we want and what we're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, vision is very, very important. It all starts with what you dream with. Um, I teach the kids this the same way. When we talk about, um, in, in some of our Raider talk, we'll have one when we're talking about career. Like, how do I choose a career? How do I choose what I want to go into? Where are my passions really lie? I believe I encourage every one of them that they really should think about taking a test to find their spiritual gifts, because I think that's really, really important. Because a lot of those things, even though as cliche and silly as some of that stuff is that we have to do as teachers in the classroom that, you know, finding out if you're an an FL or I don't even remember all that stuff, Right. but it it is important. It's important for you to understand what your teaching style is and who you are. Um, I think it's it's
1: important. I think it's important. And I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I think I was thinking about something last night with Albert Einstein. You know, and he starts, and you talk about your dreams and all that stuff, imagination is everything. Yeah. It's a preview of coming attractions. So imagine whatever it is, dream, because you are in control of your dreams. Goals are totally different. Dreams you control of. So I love what you say about your vision. Like, have a dream for that.
0: Have to. Everybody has a dream. Just, you know, we, we got through the last three weeks of, of the fall, we had individual meetings. And the big question at the end is, all right, what are your goals and aspirations for next year? What are you going to do to get to those goals? Um, what does it really look like? So not only are you going to tell me what your dreams are, you're going to tell me how you're going to get there, and then you got to tell me what it looks like. you got to give me real life like, okay, if I want to be the starting quarterback at Jay's football program next year, I'm going to work hard. Okay, well, what does hard work look like? Well, coach, I, I've got to get on the field two to three days a week, and i got to throw my receivers. Okay, great. But because you can't just have a kid dream and not make sure that he understands the path that he's got to get there on, so that's a big part of it. Um, And then you see the rest of it. Our our culture is is everything. That is the culture is your expectation, showmanship. I I, I use this a lot because I tell them you're always on interview. That's not cliche. It's very important. If there is a if there is a time as a coach that I walk out of my house, and and I'm and I've and expecting to meet the guy that's going to give me my next job, you're going to be okay. You know, you, you never know. There's going to be that one time. It never fails, guys. The one time you don't shave, the one time you sweatpants, you and, you know, your breath stinks, you're going to walk up to a guy that may give you your break. He may give you that big job. So uh, make sure you're always on point. You're always on showmanship. Um, our discipline, our attitude, all those go into the big, the big values of who we are. Um, and then enthusiasm, loyalty, trust and management. We've talked about a lot of those things, you know, but as coaches, this is what I really demanded. I'm going to go to the next one, coach. And I think we go into a little more detail on this. All right. So th- this was, uh, this is within our pillars. This is what we really look for. These are within our locker room. These are seen, these are visible. These are things that our guys can see on a daily basis. It's very, very important that it's reemphasized. Um, you know, so this is kind of the, the basis of who we need to be within our culture um from our character and that's how we are as people to our respect our responsibility um loyalty and communication we've talked about a lot of these aspects already you know we talked about how some of the things we do responsibility our, our guys have uh cleaning schedules they have field cleanup schedules uh they have uh opportunities to clean up and and service and do community service within our within our um, our school and they get points for that Um, and so there's a lot of those things that that go a long way in our respect portion of that what does that look like Um, one of the things that we do is we have a thank a teacher so on senior week or whatever senior night that is our seniors have an opportunity to choose somebody within the school system It, it could be anybody that worked at J.A. from their time from K-3 all the way through 12th grade and they're going to recognize that person and we have them come out to the pep rally and and the the player gets microphone and he talks about why this person made an impact on his life and how he or her did it for him. Um, This year we even had a wide receiver Merit Nations chose uh, our two janitors here the the two guys that take out all the trash and sweep the floors and take care of it and um, and he, his, and I told him, I so, Hey, don't feel like you had to be pressured to do this. He said, no, coach, every morning i watch these guys at 5. AM. They beat us here every morning and they're working and they're cleaning up and they, anybody that has to clean up our bathroom coach, they deserve to, to be here today. And that's the kind of, that, that is something, again, you want to see what, what's working, what is success within our program, That's success because Merritt got it. He gets it there. It's bigger than him. It's something more important to him, and somebody that deserved to be recognized got recognized. Hmm. Um, so those are things that that you know. A couple of instances for that um, in loyalty down there, you see the family with with dots, and and I'm not I'm not going to sure code. I, I stole this from Josh Niblett at when he was at Hoover, and a lot of the things that you know I've do, did, uh, just really dived into have been from Josh. Josh is one of the better culture guys that I've ever been around, and he taught me a lot um, uh, and, and how he ran his program at Hoover when I was a young coach. And, um, but family was forget about me. I love you. And that is, that is our core of what does it mean to be a man? Because if I'm going to be a husband, I'm going to be a father one day, and I'm going to be successful in those key roles. that I'm going to have you caring for the other person more than yourself is the basis of all that. That is the foundation. That is the core of what has to happen, um, in that. And, you know, when we say it all the time as education ed- educators and coaches are really developing the, you know, the families for the future, well, that, it's got to be from that. I've got to be able to understand that simple um, life lesson of this can't just be about me. It's got to be about something else. Because again, we go back to what we talked about as a coach and what is your mo? You know, Why do you put your feet on the floor and why do you go to work? Um, so those things are really important. We talk about that constantly with our guys um especially when there's conflict we use that often i was like is this about you or is this about we i mean is, is this about the name on your back of your jersey or is this about the name on the front of your jersey um we use that constantly for decision making and discipline um when when i hand it down when when i'm when we're pushing the prowler back and forth or we're pushing the two by four back and forth on the field for punishment um my that's not me, angry coach, standing over you like you're going to finish this and I hope you throw up on the process. No.
1: Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw.
0: My process usually is with them, just like I would do with my own kids, like, okay, let's talk about your decision. What led the decisions that you made and why you felt like this was the proper decision at this time? Um, and I let him talk, and if he gives no, doesn't give a good answer, so what? You know, but at least try to start the, the thought processes on why he made that decision, and that affected the program in a negative way. Yeah, and then come back to the fact that, you know, every time you make a decision, good or bad, somebody's going to be affected by it. It's sure. not just about you. Um, and so, a lot of the discipline that we have, especially if it's on the field, um, it, the the whole that group, like going into our our boat teams that we're getting ready to pick uh, this actually this afternoon. Um, we divide up into those teams um, and they are, they have the good. We talked about the good of community service and your grades and everything like your attendance. Well, it's also the negative. If you get a DR, if you get a detention, well, your whole team's got to pay for that. Yes, they get negative points, but then it may be, Hey, you know, during our sprint day, we have 10 forties. Well, eh, sorry, you know, John got a DR today. So y'all got 12. Hey, it, it nobody's mad nobody's upset but hey th- there's an accountability you, you had somebody fail and everybody's got to pay uh the the bill when somebody fails um and so it all goes back to forget about me i love you so it's it, it got to be about more about the decision making and in communication i'm really really this is the one thing that our guys have got to do you know we we don't allow cell phones in the meetings obviously in any of our stuff that we do Um, we we don't try to communicate a lot with a cell phone with our guys. We try to force these guys to sit in front of their coaches and sit in front of me and have open conversation. Um, That's a big part about our end of the year meeting. We'll also have an end of the spring meeting and we'll have an end of the summer meeting where those guys will sit across from me in my, at my desk in my office, and we will have a conversation about their performance throughout that semester or during that off season. Uh, It's really, that's, that's really important for us. We have mock interviews for our guys where um, they come in and they apply for a job and whatever that job is, me or one of their coaches, will interview them. We'll make up some, uh, whatever it is. If one of the guys says, I want to be, you know, I want to be an engineer. So, okay, cool. So we'll come up with, you know, eight questions that we ask these guys and try to throw them into an interview scenario where mm. they have to perform in an interview setting and try to make some of those questions tough and, and things of that nature. Um, so communication is always constant. Um, if you're not going to be at practice, if you're going to be late, if if I have to hear from a parent, you <laughs> you and me are on bad terms. It's got to right. come from the player. I want the, right. the player to pick up the phone and call me or their coach. is another thing about communication. Go ahead and go to the next one, coach. Uh, so our core values, a lot of that we've already talked about, you know, this is I don't have rules. We don't have team rules. We have values. We, we have the things that we want to encourage, not the things that we want to disencourage. Um, and so in our values is, is your loyalty. And that means that every opportunity you have to support J.A., you support J.A. If you, I could be at a basketball game, a volleyball game, a soccer game, I'm there. I'm loyal to it. Uh, when it, there's a decision that should be made, it's got to come. Um, the, the program as a coach comes first, as a player, as I beg them, hey, think about your family first. Is this decision you're going to make tonight going to affect your family in a negative way? And your family, yes, is your, is your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters, and it is us. It is your football players because when somebody sets out in today's media world, if there's a football player or an athlete that does something crazy, everybody's going to know about it. So, you know, I want to make sure our guys understand that. Treat ladies, with respect, it is it was one of the most f- far-fleeting things for young men. It's, you know, I can get on this subject for a while, and I'm not going to, but um, it, it's something that we're trying to teach. In J.A., we talk about chivalry a lot. We, mm. we talk about, you know, opening the car door for your girlfriend or helping them sit down and – getting up out of a seat if there's something if there's a seat to be had and there's a woman standing uh so we, the, the, we try to bring back that art the chivalry um and we talk about that all the time and and that didn't mean as much to me until i had a daughter now now that i've got a baby girl of my own <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so so that that's a little bit of me and and that really developed and grew even more um after kayla was born um and then you know hey and then it gets really simple our, our value is that that we don't do it. You don't put yourself at risk on the next two. Um, and then have discipline, have discipline, just, just have the willingness to do what you need to do when you're called to do it. When right. that goes to our studying, when that goes to your film time, when that goes to getting your rear end to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, like that is a discipline. It's something to do. And when I'm, I may not want to do it, but that's our value. Right. Um, and then in all things, love and protect the family. And we, we went on that go, ahead and go to the next one, coach um proverbs 27 17 as one as one man sharpens another I, that that is who we are in 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 the weight room that's who we are in the locker room that's who we are in film studies if you're not trying to make the person next to you better you are failing um, you know as uh, as we go through in the program and you see this our resolve is unique because we have to make a, a decision to change our future um, you know, and that, this is what we're going off of right now. This right here also hung in a banner in our, in our weight room at Montgomery Catholic. Um, this is everywhere here right now is that we've, we're going to make a decision at JA that we're going to change our future and our legacy. Um, you know we, we talk about wanting to win a state championship. yeah, but are you making a relentless decision every day to impact your future in a positive way? Uh, that goes to how they, they handle their studies in the classroom or your grades that important? Are your relationships with your friends that important? If, if you're going to do those things, then you cannot allow for anything that takes you away from that goal. That, that, and so we say be great all the time. Um, well this is what be great means. If I'm going to be great, Nothing impacts my decisions on reaching me to that goal. No. Um, this is as a staff. This is what we have to be as a staff, um, you know. And and so we kind of took a little bit and, and the resiliency and obedient and never quitting. That's a big part of being iron on iron. That's another thing about decision making because it's really important when in your culture that your 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 players understand how am I making the decisions? Am I allowing? What do I allow? that takes me away from it. This, this season in our devotionals, the biggest one that I think they heard me say the most is, you know, if, if my goal um, is to be a man of faith, what are the instances in my life that take me away from that? Right. Uh, if, and I have to be able to identify that. As a man, I think it's so important for our guys to understand this right away. If when I fall into sin, when I fall into things that that are un, unbecoming of being a Christian father or a Christian male in general. What mm-hmm. is it? Your cell phone? Great. You got to identify that and you got to put it away. Right. Is, is it what I watch on TV? Is it is it how I talk when I'm around certain people? Uh, when I listen to music a certain way, do my actions follow that? And so those are often in my uh, in our devotionals here to understanding the decisions that we make, why we make them. And how do we continue to move forward and make different ones? Go ahead and go to the next one, Coach. Um, guts, the next one. So we, we've talked about iron and what that means. What What is grit? You know, what is it really? Um, and this is how we want us to play uh, – how we want to play the game of football is be gritty. Be gritty. Have guts, have resilience, have intensity, and play for the team. You know, this is – this is how our performance should go. Uh, so we talked about how our day-to-day should be in our decision-making and our iron, but our grit is – this is how I've got to perform in the weight room and how I perform in practice and how I perform in the games. Yeah. So we've got to build off of this. Um, and like you see that, everything I have has a purpose. You know, we've got to build off every one of them. Um, and you see this in our facilities, our attitudes, appearance. everything must reflect this. But we have to be resilient. We have to play with intention. We have to do it together. A big part of that. And so we keep it really simple. This is really it. that We, we only really talk about these two things because I don't want – you know, and I've been in some places where every door you walk in has got a different quote or every room you sit in, it's got a different theme or it's got a, you know, make it simple. Keep, right. have to be something that the guys can really just say, hey, look, man, you know, I'm living my life, I'm living through iron. I'm living through iron. I'm, I'm performing in the weight room today. I've got to have grit. And they and they understand that those are the two key words for us is iron and grit. And what do they mean? And that is that being
1: the- well, two I, want, things. I want to pause on that because- so many people think like you have to have these long elaborate core values, these rules, these things. You have to have words on the wall, which are just words on the wall if they're not lived out. And the more I think about this, I put that I was reading through uh Culture Defeat Strategy 2 by Randy Jackson, and it came through a chapter with Bill Walsh and it had the quote on there for him. And it says, When you prepare for everything, you're ready for anything. So when you prepare for everything, which what you're doing in your program, you're ready for anything that comes. About whether it's discipline, responsibility, whether it's a locker room, whether it's uh tardiness or attendance or as, as I call them MIAs when you're missing an action. Like, how do you how do you talk about that? How's your locker room clean? There is a standard and a system that is in place that is simple for those guys. Now, simple is not easy because you still have to do the work and your coaches have to buy in, and that's a whole nother com- conversation of like the head coach, the assistant coach, the players, and and how that's all translated. But coaches, I want you to listen to this like. When we talk about a vision, your vision starts with you and what you believe in because it's your program. And that's what Coach Blackwell's done through iron and grit. So if you're listening to this, I'm going to urge you to go to the YouTube and and look at this because the acronyms that are with this, and it's simple for your guys to retain and understand. And, you know, a lot of coaches steal stuff. So if you want to steal iron and grit, do it. But if you also want to play with with your own – Mm-hmm. Come up with your own and make it unique to yourself. So this is, I Arby, mean, This
0: is amazing. This is amazing. Well, that's what, if if it is your own, and, and that's what I think is really really important. I wanted to build my program off of Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. That yeah. was me. Um, you know, our, our other verse is Galatians six nine. That if you, as long as I never give up, I will reap a harvest. You know, and the exact verse. Sorry, I paraphrased that. Is yeah. is that we will reap a harvest if we never give up, and that's all Galatians six nine is um and and so you know build it around what if it's jeremiah twenty nine eleven, build it off twenty nine eleven. but it has to happen here and what you see here the the coaching standard and what we have to do you know you have the vision mm-hmm. you know so as, and you want to be a head coach you, there's got to be something where you want to go there's got to be a direction where you want to go what is it do you want a program that's life-giving do you want a program that's just going to win ball games i mean you can have both and you and you can set your program to do whatever you want it to do. If you if you want a program that's a little bit of both, great. Me and my and my program, I believe that the things that we do in building young men of high character help those guys play with high intensity and high, high discipline on the field, you know. And, and you have to play the game of football hard and you have to play it with great discipline. Well, you know, it, if, if you're really teaching those men those things on a daily basis, you've got to relate it to life because it's got to be bigger than football. And then you can get that out of that. This is this is the the pillars of what I got. Again, I stole this. Uh, this is something that I read out of a book. I loved it. Um, and but you you have your vision, you have your philosophy. So once I know where I want to go, my vision, then I create the philosophy to say it. Keep it simple. You know, ha- have this is this is how we are going to be. In mine, like you've seen mine, it is is about we're going to build it off of Proverbs twenty seven seventeen and how we develop the young men, and we're going to play the game with grit. All right. Then I go to believe. Well, I've got to believe in it. So you can't, you can't put something in a book that you read or stole from somebody else. You're not going to, if you don't believe it, you won't be able to do it on a daily basis. So it's got to be something that you yourself truly believe in something that a coach or a father figure or somebody in your life that made an impact on you got to have something you believe in because it helps you push it on a daily basis because it's not about day one or day 20. It's about day 300. You, and you're tired and, you, you know, you, your, fam, your wife is on you about something else, and as a coach, you know, you, you're, you've got 50 lesson plans to do, your principal's on you because, you, you know, you missed the faculty meeting on Friday. Hey, whatever it is, you've got to be able to go through, and if you have something you believe in, if you have a set of standards and a set of culture rules that you believe in, you'll be able to do it every day. So that's why it's important to believe. And then a commitment. The commitment part just can't be you as a head coach. This isn't your program. It's about the people that play under you and the people that are working for you. So you have to make sure that they're committed. Um, And coaching with my assistants, there's several things that I like to do with them. I think it's really, really important for my staff to get together like every other month and do something outside of football. You know, whether it's come watch the game at my house, go play golf together. Um, One of my favorite things that I like to do, and we started this at Catholic and Kirk Johnson at Montgomery Catholics continued this um, there and he's doing an incredible job there taking over, um, is our staff went to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, we, Kirk and I decided to do it one year on a whim in 2019 and, you know, we said that we were going to have all the coaches and their wives go and we did. And we all went up and we all got in water, r- water rafting tubes together and we had an offensive raft and we had a defensive raft and it was one of the best <laughs> things that ever could have happened. And so we spent, we spent three days and two nights we weren't going to do football. We, we said, this is not going to be about football. It's going to be about us trusting each other and be committed to each other. And we just had fun. We, our wives got to meet and really hang out with the wives. The coaches got to be, be Aubrey and got to be Kirk and got to be Alex that weekend instead of coach Blackwell and coach Johnson. It was really, really, man, it was key. It was a weekend that, you know, and I've been on ones, I've been a part of a staff where we did a, what did a, um, a retreat. And we literally, we, we, retreated for an hour and then the other seven hours we were in a sitting around a table or sitting in the end, taking notes and working on spring training and working on the schedules and working on recruiting and it's like oh man like just get away from it yeah yeah you can't get away from it so i think it's important It's something that you really do and, and you know and i also encourage you guys on that end you really want your seniors your leaders to be um committed do that with them um adam weingarner and, and when he was at auburn um, I sat down with him and we were talking about culture. He's now at Tuscaloosa County. Uh, and Adam uh, takes his leaders, his senior leaders every day to go do that. And, um, and so, not every day, but the once in the summertime, yeah. they take a week and they go. And he spends time developing them and teaching them how to be a leader and teaching them about those things. So I think it's really, um, you know, that, that, that was really cool. And he said it really changed the culture at Auburn High School um, when he did that. And then the next thing you see there is battle. That's that's who we got to be as men. You got to fight for all those things underneath it. You got to fight for it. You got to battle through it, Um, and and you got to see it. And then the last finish, finish, see it through, see it through. Because there's going to be you're going to go through a month period where nothing's working and you're dealing with problems and you've got coaches that are that that may want to leave. Well, you've got to finish as the head guy. You got to finish your job. You got to finish it. You got to see it through. Um, You know, stay where you are. Be where your feet are constantly we can get always looking to our left and our right and seeing what the, the next opportunity may be for me or the best opportunity. I encourage you that's great and all. But man, when you're there, be where your feet are. Nick Saban used that. That's that's it's not uh, it could be cliche. That's fine. It's great. It says exactly what it needs to say, exactly what it what it needs to say. Be yeah. where your feet are. Um, what does it really look like? Okay. So how do we relay this? Um because talking's great, but this is what it really looks like. Um, our priority, this is our normal priority. How, how do we take it? Um, it's our normal priority it, it, it is instilling these things. Yeah. Our parents and our facilities have to be above, That have to, they have to be above in all things, the players' areas, the weight room, everything has to constantly look like it's the best football program in our conference or in, in the state. The little things always matter, okay? So every little opinion matters, no matter who shows up, no matter if there's somebody that's just walking through of every visiting team. I want everybody that walks through Jackson Academy and walks through our football facilities to know that this is a first-class program based upon our cleanliness or organization and how our facilities appear. That's a big, that's a big number one. Number two, be present. Like you, you can't, it can't just be about J a football. It's not, if you really want a culture you know, it, it's all got to start and have a central focus. Um, and at Montgomery Catholic, it was through our weight room. It really was. Our, our strength and conditioning coach was our DC, now the head coach there, Kirk Johnson. And Kirk did an amazing job of bringing all the male and female athletes together under one roof and having them all have one goals. They started competing against each other, not literally you know, girls versus guys, but maybe in their point systems, in their, their max numbers, in their grades. And so we created a competition in the weight room where the girls were bragging to the guys like, hey, I, you know, I, I did 220 for 10 today. Well, how much did you do? I went up 45% on my bench press this cycle. How did you do? And, and so th- at Montgomery Catholic, it was our strength and conditioning program. Um, at Benjamin Russell, it was, it was in our Raider talks. It was in our FCA program that really started to change what happened and God moved through that way. And, and so there, but there's gotta be something, you gotta have something centralized to move that climate. Um, number three, create a climate where positive change can occur. You know, this is really, this is me talking to my coaches. Now my, my players don't see this. My parents don't see this. This is me talking to the coaches. A couple of things that I heard the first couple of days on the job where, you know, I said, well, Hey, why do we do this like this? And several of the responses was, well, welcome to Benjamin Russell. Well, that's not you're not proving anything. You're not changing anything when you have a negative comment about something that's happening in our program, in our culture, that needs to change. So, you know, we talk about that all, you know, you see on there, I'm not surprised, or we just don't have this. Or, you know, if something's wrong, it's our job to get out and fix it or to set a plan in place where we can fix it. You know and so that's been a large part of what we talked about anytime I hear anything negative I'm one of the first ones to say hey listen you can change the way you say it Like, hey instead of saying man I just hate how we blank 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 whatever that is to hey well you know what we really need to work on this hey I wish we could find a plan to change this because negative negativity builds 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 a lot faster than positivity can change so you, it's really important that your talk is, is very detailed and it's positive driven and it's and it's change driven. So if there's an issue, there's got to be resolved to change it. Um, you know, this is what we believe. Therefore, this is what you will see. This is a big part of it. You know, if if you say that I'm going to play, our, our my football team is going to play this way. Well, show me on film. It is your program playing football the way that you want them to play. Are your are your players treating people treating ladies with respect? That's this this is how I go back and I I go back into my goals and the visions in checking our checks and balances as a coach and this is how I reevaluate our program every year because these are my belief systems. So are my belief systems being seen in the public? You know, if if I say that we're going to be a program of love that is all encompassing and welcoming to everybody, no matter what, no matter what background, what well, do you see that? Do our parents feel that? Do our boosters feel that on our sideline? Do you, do you see it in our reaction or our actions? Like are our kids talking that in the group meetings? are they talking that in the public? So it, this is what we believe. Therefore, this is what you will see. Um, and then trust, create it found, the foundations of everything are relationships. That's foundation of everything. Um, I love this. I I stole this from um, a culture talk um, that I saw on glazier clinic and um, you know, how do you coach, you know, so we all need a staff in the river, moving forward, strong river contained under control can move mountains. So, you know, you are a force as a coach and that's you, you are the river. You know, you can be as powerful as you want to be, as you want to be. You can be as impactful as you want to be, and you. But just understand, you can be contained. So everything you want to be is right there. So I want our guys to be a river. I want it to be chaotic. And and you know, the first time I used this was the time we went to the Blue Ridge Mountains, and this is why this is where this came from. I wanted some way to kind of say like, hey, how are we going to be a staff that's really going to get to a state championship. We had won a regional championship at Catholic. Um, we had gotten close. We had been to the, the second round and we had been to the third round, but we never made it to the semis. And so I was diving into it at this point when I added this, to my program is what's it really going to take for us to be, you know, to really get over the hump at Montgomery Catholic and play for a state championship. And this was one of the things that I came across, you know, and I want you to be a mad rush all the time. And as long as you're contained. You can you can move mountains, um, so that's that's a, a really good one. Um, same thing here, another really good one. If it's uncontained or uncontrolled or filled with too much outside force, it causes destruction. Mm. So you know, we, when we talk about our life, and we talk about um, how we move about our team, you know, this I'm big on this with our frustrations as coaches. You know, so because there's going to come time, you're going to get frustrated with a kid, whether you've taught him this thing 10 times, and you've asked him to take these steps this way, 10 times, and you are frustrated at this point, you don't feel like this kid is listening to one thing that you said, you had your anger and how you handle that situation must be maintained because that same river that flows with that passion and that energy every day to get him to play hard for you can also cause a lot of damage if you let it get out of hand. So this is this is one of those instances where I talk about this is where you know in our culture as coaches and how we're talking to our players, you know, I need a mad rush river, but you got to keep it contained. You got to stay with inside your, your deals. Go ahead and go to the next one. I scratch that because that's all that was detailed Sorry. up for grabs. So this is this is how I do it. I don't like assigning. I, I this this is me. I don't say, hey, you're doing this, hey, you're doing this, and you're doing this. So we try to talk about, you know. What are some things that people are really passionate about so in your staff and the things you want you want guys to work hard for you, you want your assistants cool. to do something big for you give them the things they're that they're really um, passionate about you know I, I had a couple of guys that loved working with little kids, and they really they were younger they were single they didn't have a lot of they, they weren't get paid a lot to be honest with you. Um, and. So the camp director was great. So I let them run the camp. I let them keep the percentage of the profit, uh, and they did an amazing job with it because they enjoy being around little kids. It's something they like to do, um, you know. And you know, you see all the other things. Uh, some people may not like breaking down film, but some guys may. So give your staff a chance to really be go into what they're passionate about. If somebody's FCA, great, let them do that. If if somebody is passionate uh, about you know scout scouting books great let them do that so you know i I always put the things that are never already done up for grabs every year so you know next year staff will be different um and then you know i think the biggest thing is get people to know who you are and what what you expect of them you know so the last thing i end with a you know my meetings is you know how are we going to organize practice i give all my coaches that ability to talk and give their opinion um you know, I think it's so important as a coaching staff to build the culture in your, in your room. Uh, it's so easy for us as head coaches to have our way and want it our way. Yeah, it's easy. Um, the hard part is is to step back and say, all right, you did it this way for your seven years at this school. Tell me why we should change it, you know, and, and sit back and actually try different things and give your assistants that have that experience an opportunity uh, to make that change in your program. Um, they not say you got to do every one of them, but the fact and the part of listening to that coach will go leaps and bounds for you, really will. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: It's really good. And uh, I, I'm not surprised because I knew who you were from the summer seven on seven when we communicated and then doing the Futures game. But seeing an inside look of what your program looks like, uh, I think a lot of coaches, and we're going to get you back on, there's some more stuff that you talked about. Not in 2023, we want to turn this into a, a YouTube to where coach can use as a resource. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a first year head coach, or if I'm going in as an, an OC or a DC, or maybe I'm taking over a strength conditioning program, I'm over something. And you can take one tangible thing, and that's what I think when you go when I go to a clinic is when I if I can take one thing away, I, I've won. And you have given us a ton of information that is applicable and you can take and copy it, duplicate it, or give you a chance to reset your brain and say, Hey, these are things that I need. I need a vision. I need to have a system of beliefs. I need to create something that my kids believe in. That's an extension of myself. So thank you for coming on our show today. And uh, I I had a (laughs) clinic,
0: but Hey, you know, another thing too, now y'all, it it can't, if you want parents to trust you, you better get this into their hands too. A lot of the stuff that you saw here, I have a parent version of it. And if, and if you want to you wanna reach out, there's more information that you want from me, I'll be glad to send it to you. Um, I'm at CoachABlackwell at gmail.com. CoachABlackwell at gmail.com. I also have a parent meeting PowerPoint that I try to do with this and kind of set the stage for all of this for my parents. I think it's so, so important. You want them to buy into what you're doing you got to get the parents on board because the first thing Johnny's going to go complain to is his mom and dad. But if mom understands like, hey, you know, yeah, y'all ran extra sprints today because someone on your team's like, if they understand your why right. and they understand what you're doing, you make it a lot easier, too. So any way I can help, gentlemen, this isn't um, I'm not a I'm not a guy that keeps secrets. Um, uh, God bless me with this and and blessed me to work under a lot of great people. Um, and it's not for me to hold on to my own. It's to, it's to make the world a better place and raise great young men in this country. So oh, what a what an amazing testimony to have. And a
1: vision, you go back to vision, vision that you have for success inside of any football program that you run right now, is Jackson Academy. And uh, I can see that firsthand of watching your guys, how they play for you. Guys that have the flu, they need to convert on a fourth down and they say, give me the ball and they do. Um, that's an extension of all the things that you just saw is a direct correlation of, hey, here is the love and the comfort, but yet the, the responsibility that comes and the accountability that comes with that tough love to producing on the field of what you want. So, coaches, uh, this has been Episode 3 and Season 10. I'll have the show notes also with Coach Blackwell's information if you want more information on him. And then uh, I'll also put his Twitter handle and stuff in there. But, coaches, thanks again for tuning in. To the Culture Classroom, Coach Blackwell, thank you again so much for spending time with us and showing uh, a glimpse of what it looks like inside of your football program. Stay tuned for more episodes as we go into Season
0: 10, Episode 4, we talk about Larry Zonka.